What's up, Cougar Nation? This is Tyler Batty. Tyler Batty again. I think he's got his two or three moves down, and he looks great and very pleased where he's at right now. Tyler Batty comes in the game, and right off the edge, just the three-man rush. Welcome on in to the Cougar Tracks podcast. I am your BYU insider, Mitch Harper, for KSLSports.com. And joining me for a second season, he's a preseason All-Big 12 selection by Pro Football Focus and Athlon Sports. He's on the Werfel Trophy watch list and entering his first year as a BYU football captain. It's the pride of pace in Utah. He is defensive end Tyler Batty. Tyler, welcome back for another year on Cougar Tracks. Thanks, Mitch. Great to be here, man. Excited to do another season with you. Life treating you good? Yeah, can't complain, man. We get to play football every day, so I'm happy. Did you and your wife, Elena, do anything fun this spring and summer before the season started? Uh, we did, yeah. We were we were able to uh, take a little bit of time, celebrate our anniversary. Went up to California, spent some time nice. out there, and um, yeah, I was able. We were able to take a little bit of time, so uh, it was nice. But uh, it's good to be back. Ready for the grind of football season, then? Absolutely, man. Well, that's great to hear, Tyler, because we want the listeners to feel part of this show as all of you were last year. And feel free to follow Tyler on social media at Tyler underscore Batty on Instagram. Follow myself, Mitch underscore Harper. Show support for the show by leaving a five-star rating and a review every single week throughout the BYU football season. Tyler will be giving us perspective on this program from the player's view. And it's a historic one for BYU, obviously. And we'll dive in to all of that as the Cougars are getting ready for their season opener on Saturday night against Sam Houston, 8.15 p.m. on FS1 and KSL News Radio. So let's just start things off there, Tyler. How excited are you to be part of team number one in BYU's Big 12 era? Yeah, super, honestly. It's been a, uh, it's been a super cool offseason. You know, the, the announcement came, um, what was that, two years ago? That, September 10th, 2021. Yeah, that we were going to end up in the Big 12. And, you know, when that came out, I think, you know, a lot of fans were just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. But as a player, you're just like, that's a long time away. <laughs> like, who knows what's going to happen in the next two years? And so, uh, honestly, to be here, yeah, it's awesome. And uh, and so this off season, everything leading up, officially becoming members, uh, Big Twelve Media Day. I was able to go out to that, and so there's been some really cool stuff leading up to our our first season in the Big Twelve. You bring up Big Twelve Media Day. Was there any fun behind the scenes things that took place or interaction with some of the teams that you had at? AT&T Stadium I was there it was a great time what was your experience like yeah um honestly it was it was just cool being there first off it like, was a cool venue big 12 first man yeah there? first time and so I'm a Cowboys fan I'm a big Cowboys fan and right. so that was like a dream come true awesome. to go down there and I had never been to the stadium right uh always wanted to go and to granted we weren't watching the Cowboys but just being there was really cool so I was super stoked about that and then um Honestly, uh, it was just cool interacting. Granted, not all the teams were there and all the players, uh, but just interacting with some of the other guys from uh, some of the other teams. They're all really cool dudes, you know, at, at the end of the day. Uh, out on the field, you know, we're going to go to head-to-head and we're going to see some some good battles this season. But uh, just being able to hang out and, and get to know those guys, get to know coaches, um, you know, it was, it was cool, you know, like seeing Sonny Dykes in person, you know. Um, where TCU made that great run last year, you know, see him all over t- TV and whatnot, and then you know being able to talk to him and seeing him in person was was you know that was cool for me at least. So yeah, there were a lot of cool experiences. Nothing too crazy went on behind the scenes. It was it was busy, but uh, while we were down there, but it was a lot of fun. 
Did you get the chance to interact or meet Commissioner Brett Yormark at all? And did he talk with any of the players like yourself? Yeah, absolutely. He was, I swear, he was all over the place 24-7. And so, uh, um, yeah, we were able to uh, to talk with him on multiple occasions and just uh, get to know him. And, and he's, a, he's a really cool dude, and it was cool to get to know him better. Yormark's pretty impressive. Hearing him talk at AT&T Stadium and describing how student-athletes like yourself view it as a, it's very aspirational. It's an aspirational place. He's just got a presence about him, and it's no surprise that the Big 12 is on much more stable ground than many of the leagues in college football right now. You brought up that day in September 10th, 2021. That was a day before Utah game two years ago, and it feels like a long time ago, such a lifetime ago, in fact. What do you feel like since that invite to now getting ready for week one in year one of the Big 12, what do you feel has been the biggest changes in the program that you've seen in this ramp-up to Big 12 play? Man, that is, that's a tough question. Um, in some ways, I mean, and I don't know if it's, again, a direct result of us going sure. into the Big 12, right? You know, I think um, if, you, if you look at BYU, especially, you know, under, under Coach Satake, I just feel like there's been year-over-year improvement, right? Year-over-year um, improvement. You know, maybe maybe sometimes it's one step back and two steps forward. You know, that's kind of what we're trying to make happen this year. You know, after after you know last season didn't go the way we would have liked it to have gone. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't I don't want to say there are definitely some things that have changed because we're going into the Big Twelve. Honestly, um, I think you know uh, there's been some some additional funding right um, diverted to to athletics right and diverted to football uh, to prepare us and prepare facilities and prepare um, you know a lot of a lot of player focused uh, benefits right um, you know that some some people uh, may not see or may not understand right whether it's just like nutrition you know what I mean uh, that has changed drastically since I've been here um, you know year one we kind of got fed you know. Um, in the off season, not really. Uh, in the season, you know, they took good care of us, right? You're always traveling, and, and they feed you well. Um, but uh, that, that I think, is you know huge, especially with um, you know cost of living in Utah has just been on the rise, you know, the past couple of years as well. So, as a college student, when you're putting down a lot of food, especially as bigger guys, you know, the offensive, defensive linemen, linebackers, fullbacks, all tight ends, you know, the guys. Guys, that we have to keep our weight up, and we put down some food. Uh, nutrition alone, and also the cost of food is huge. So that's been a massive improvement over the past couple of years. And and again, going into the Big Twelve, I've seen a, an uptick in that this year of just there's food when we need it, twenty four seven. You know what I mean? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, right now. And so we've been. It's been a massive blessing to to have that. Since Kalani took over the program in twenty sixteen, he has always said. One of his objectives, I remember back then when I had a conversation with him, was to get the players more food. And I thought to myself, why is that a, an objective? What? <laughs> really? Wouldn't it be recruiting? Wouldn't it be winning more games? But he thought of the little things like that. And then when you bring in a guy like Dan Wilcox, who's the team nutritionist, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. It is important to see those changes in the program. And I've seen some of the videos even from a guy like Dylan Flowers on TikTok. His video went viral on TikTok. It was on everyone's FYP where it said, what a D1 athlete eats at a D1 program. But it was good food. You guys are eating pretty well down there in Provo. Again, we are. It's I'm saying there's been 
huge improvement. I mean, you know, any of the former players that were, you know, that were here, you know, 2019, 2020, even 21, you know, um, from compared for, yeah, in those two years, you know what I mean? Since that big 12 announcement, we've seen a, we've seen a big change there. Um, you know, also strength and conditioning, our strength and conditioning program and, and our staff there has changed. Um, again, just as, as we try to take on the big 12, right. Um, you know, facilities are changing, you know, there's current construction going on at the SAB, just, uh, some expansion there. Um, Again, on the sports science uh, side of things, you know, there's there's uh, there's some remodeling going on right now to uh, to um, create a kind of one of a kind sports science lab, which is really cool, um, and that's something a lot of people don't know about. Um, but uh, going into going into the Big Twelve, there's a lot of different factors, right? We want to have we want to have the best facilities, right? And not not. Mountain may be the best facilities, right? We we we're never going to be able to keep up with Texas, is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Let's let's be honest. Texas is Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, BYU will never be able to keep up with them. But maybe in the quality of what we're doing um, and and how we're doing things, that's you know definitely some somewhere we can we can try to be competitive when it comes to recruiting or just giving our athletes the best opportunity to prepare themselves for a season. Back on July one, I asked Tom Homo how. Big 12 money is going to change BYU athletics. And he even said, and that was day one of being a Big 12 member, he said they're not going to get into the arms race, like you kind of noted with with Texas. But at the same time, you guys want to have great facilities and give players like yourself and others the, the platform and the opportunities to fulfill your dreams and have success. You know, BYU's not coming into this thing to just lay over and die. They, they want to win big, and, you know, Big 12 money can definitely help that cause. So the Big 12 stage and the Big 12 schedule, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. I want to revisit, though, real quick, before we look ahead to this upcoming year, it was an 8-5 season last year. I don't think anyone around the program, from the conversations I've had, that felt like last year was some amazing season. Everyone loved that pottery trophy at the New Mexico Bowl. It was beautiful. But at the same time, you want a little bit more. What lessons were learned from the up and down season that was last season? A, a lot, honestly. Um, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's <laughs> that's tough because last year, question. yeah, it is, it is because that's a uh, well, I, w- I won't even say I wouldn't quite say loaded, but I would say there's just some depth to that question, yeah, sure. um, just because last year was rough, and just just like anything hard, right? There's there's a lot to be there's a lot to be gleaned from it. And so we had five really hard games um, that, uh, you know, we didn't come out on top. And so um, I think there's something we can learn from each game. Um, I think collectively last season, one just taught us that we, I mean, when we come to play, we can be really good. When we don't come to play, we're not so good. (laughs) Um, And consistency is, I, I would say consistency is the hardest thing to attain, right? In any field, in any profession, doing things at a high level consistently is the, is the hardest thing. Um, and so, uh, I think also last year taught us that, um, you know, we, uh, maybe we're a little unprepared in certain scenarios and that that has to improve, uh, you know, just as a program, as players, um, we have to be better, right. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, some of those games that we did win, you know, quite frankly, shouldn't have been that close. And then some of the games we lost, we shouldn't have lost. And so, um, I think, 
I think the biggest takeaway, though, for us as a team is is the motivation that we gained from those losses. Just because when when you underperform, you feel very motivated to to come back and, and prove yourself. You know that you know that that was a that was a, a you know not not a regular occurrence, right? It was more of a mishap than than a, than a true you know true identity of who we are as a program. And so, um, but I, I, w- I will say, you know, our team is drastically different from you know where it was last year. Um, with coaching, with players, uh, there's been a lot of big changes. But uh, excited to take what we learned from last season and, and as we go into this season. Guys like you, Ben Bywater, Max Tooley, Malik Moore, John Nilsson, Atunai Samahe, Caden Haas. What do you think it says about you guys? And I, and I note those names because you're returning Letterman on the defense. What does it say that you guys didn't bolt for the portal, you run it back to improve and repair the image of this BYU defense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think us, you know, on the defensive, you always you always believe in yourself, right? And and I think a big part of that is just understanding um, what what you're capable of, what or at least you know your opinion of what you think you're capable of. Um, and so uh, I think most of the guys that that have came back, that's they're in the same boat as last year wasn't up to snuff. We know it. Our fans know it. Everyone everyone kind of knows that. You know we. There were a couple letdowns there, and and we don't want that to be the lasting image, or you know the final taste you know that we leave in people's mouth is, uh, you know, or is is that eight and five season? Um, we want to yeah we want to improve on that, and so uh, we like those guys are committed to the program, loyal to the program, um, and uh, and want to want to contribute in whatever way possible to help this program win football games. Have you needed hello, my name is tags to, you know, throughout this year to get familiar with who all the faces and names are in the program over this past 12 months? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, there was huge turnover um, immediately following the season to winter training. Um, and then once spring ball was over, there was also another massive turnover as guys came in um, for summer uh, training and, and fall camp. And so, uh, yeah, it's been, I mean, 50-some-odd uh, guys, you know, almost half the team is, is essentially new when you really look at it. And so it's, it's crazy because if you, if you held up pictures of last year's team, you know, compared to this year's team, you'd be like, that's, that's the same team a year apart? I have a bunch of rosters dating back to 2013 in my office. I know it's kind of the, the generous side of me. I, I get it. I, I'm a stickler for all the details and following things. But there was a roster that I have. It's spring 2022. And I was looking at it just about two weeks ago. And on that roster, 82 of those names are no longer in the program today. Now, some of that's graduation, transfer portal, moving on from football, medical retirements, whatnot. A lot of different avenues, missions. So there's been a lot of change. And that can be nerve-wracking, but it's also got to be a lot exciting to go into the Big 12 with so much new, some so many possibilities with this group. And I wanted to ask you about some of the new names on the defense. What are your thoughts on A.J. Vongpachon, Jackson Cravens, Eddie Heckard? Tell me about some of your thoughts on them and some of the relationships you form with some of those guys. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, great teammates, great players, you know, on the field. Um, and Eddie we're, Heckard. Yeah, we're super, yeah, we're super to ha- happy to have them. Um, 
And I think what's really what's really cool about all those dudes you mentioned is even though you know they came in, you know, from a different program, this is their first year with us. Uh it's been cool to see um the team chemistry build, um but also, you know, those guys who have played a lot of football step into leadership roles um, you know, pretty naturally in a new team, right? Um like AJ, like Eddie, like Jackson, like Isaiah Banya, right? Um coming from another program to to come in and and not only write have you know to prepare to um contribute on the field but to contribute in the locker room right to team culture and to um just the leadership uh, of the team as well has been has been really cool and and i think it just speaks to the quality of those guys as individuals um they're great people they're and you know aside from being great football players they're they're great people they're great teammates um and they're great leaders so you brought up leadership how did it feel for you being named a captain by your teammates for the first time in your career. Yeah, it was it was super cool. Um, it was super cool. Uh, you know, I just we we have a we have a good we have a good group of guys, and so I'm just I'm just honored to uh, for them to have voted me to be a be a captain. Honestly, uh, yeah, cool experience, and I'm just excited to go play football with these guys. Is there a responsibility with being a captain? Is it just simply the coin toss, or what goes into being the captain? Give us the Cliff Notes version. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, players and coaches expect you to lead at the end of the day. Um, it's, it's not, it's definitely not a passive role. Uh, guys that, you know, um, you know, are put or selected, um, they're not there just yeah, as a, as a token, right. As a token to, yeah, go do the coin toss and all that. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's definitely a responsibility there to, uh, you know, uh, take care of the team and, and, and lead out. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, we try, we try to, we try to do our best, uh, in those aspects. And, um, yeah, again, just super, uh, super honored to have, yeah, been, uh, yeah, voted a captain. That's kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. So super happy, super happy to play with these guys. New defensive coordinator comes in Jay Hill from Weber state. He was the winningest coach in Weber state history back in the winter. There was an early speaking engagement that he had where he was speaking to some folks and, he spoke highly of you, and this was before a spring practice even took place. How's the relationship been between you and Coach Hill, and what does he bring to this BYU program? Yeah, absolutely. Coach Hill's awesome. Uh, I've loved having him here. He's just, uh, again, high-energy guy, you know, and he, uh, he loves football, and he likes to play football and likes to coach football at a really high level, and uh, that's been super, super fun to have. Uh, I think, you know, something that's really cool about um, – him and uh you know coach papinga coach enna coach guilford um is that uh they no matter no matter who you are right and where you're at in your college career they just want you to be the best that you can be um and that's something they strive to encourage right and and you know uh bring out a guys every single day day in and day out is they just they want you to be your best on and off the field which is really cool what's something that you've learned about jay hill since he took over as defensive coordinator, that has totally caught you by surprise that you're thinking now, wow, I did not expect that to happen. Honest, I didn't have very many. I'm not a, I'm not a guy of many expectations, honestly. I just kind of roll with Those it. Those degenerates in the media always <laughs> setting expectations. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Chill out over there. Um, no, but uh, honestly, uh, I've, I've learned just a ton um, – about Jay and a ton from him. Uh, honestly, I think, um, 
maybe maybe one thing that I uh, didn't um, maybe anticipate quite as much is just uh, his his uh, he's very personable, right? You know, he's he's very personable. I didn't know how he was going to be coming in. Um, you know, he seemed again very high energy, but um, he uh, he's really good at developing one-on-one relationships with his players, which has been really cool to see. And uh, you know, I think sets a really good example for um, how to how to run a how to run a team and how to be a better teammate. Right, is just developing those one-on-one relationships. So I think that's been something that's super cool that that I've uh, you know maybe wasn't expecting sure. from him, but have uh, have loved to see and loved to learn from. That's a great point. I mean, I think it speaks to his personality that he had Eddie Heckard, Camden Garrett, new Sellison, who's on the defensive line with you. He's an interesting guy. He could be a factor. I think it speaks to the fact that these guys came from Weber and still wanted to play for that coach. I think he, he formed strong relationships there. You mentioned Kelly Papinga. He's working with the DN, specifically your position group. What's Coach K-pop like and... Man, his pedigree speaks for itself. I mean, the guys he's coached, Fred Warner, Sione Takitaki, he's put out some studs to the NFL. What do you think of K-pop? He's awesome. Again, super, super awesome coach to learn from, uh, super awesome coach to play for, um, all-around great guy. Uh, and so it's been it's been super cool to get to know him. Again, because, yeah, you hear his name so often, yeah. right, just being at BYU and um, – and, you know, kind of he was here with Bronco and then was at Virginia, you know, and then Boise. So, yeah, he's coached. He has a lot of coaching experience under his belt. Uh, really good coach. And um, it's been cool just to, yeah, just to get to know him. And, and we, uh, you know, we, we get after it. We work really hard. But we also have a lot of fun in our in our DN's room. Um, we've got a good group of guys. And, and K-pop, uh, you know, leads the way on that. So he He's uh, he's helped us just develop you know chemistry in the DNs room, which has been awesome. Wanted to talk with you about some of the DNs in that position room with you on the OE spot. You got Zay Banya from Boise State, Banya, excuse me, Blake Mangelson, Logan Latui, Michael Daly, Bodie Schoonover, John Henry Daly, Ice Moa. What do you think of the guys, and what can you guys potentially accomplish this year? I would just say, yeah, very, very talented, um, very talented room. Uh, we got we got a lot of guys that um, are going to be able to contribute in a lot of different ways, which is going to be a lot of fun. Let me ask you this, Tyler. How can this new scheme, led by Jay Hill, highlight your position group in a more prominent way? Because it feels like in the past, it was a position group that often got forgotten. How can this scheme allow for you to tee off and make some plays? It's gonna do wonders. Uh, people are gonna be like, "Oh wait, we have we have a DN, yeah. <laughs> we have a DN position group." Um, no, but it really it really will. Uh, and I think um, just yeah, like I said, it's gonna. We know you know without giving away too much before Saturday, you guys are gonna see some stuff on Saturday. It's gonna be a lot of fun, um, but uh, it is going to put us in positions to make plays, and it's going to put us in a position to make a difference, right? And so, you know, I think in the past, um, it was maybe a little bit opposite, right? Um, There was some weight on our shoulders, but, you know, maybe the defensive scheme was a little bit more inclined towards the linebackers, you know, making plays and and making those, those, that difference, right? Like when Keenan Peely had 16 tackles against ASU a couple years ago? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and we have great linebackers and they've done a great job for us, right? You know, him and Peyton, um, you know, they've done, they've done max, they've done a great job for us. Um, 
in that in that previous scheme. Yeah. But but here it's going to be, I would say the workload is going to be really evenly distributed across all position groups. But at the same time, it's going to be maybe not maybe not distribute the workload maybe isn't distributed. Everyone's going to have to contribute more, right? Because it's we want we want to play great defense, right? We want to have a great defense, and so for that to happen, you know, everyone's going to have to everyone's going to have to put in a little bit more. Everyone's going to be put in some tougher spots, right? Because we need more out of every single guy on the field, right? We only we're only allowed to have eleven guys on the field, and so we need to get the absolute most out of all eleven guys on the field, and that's what this scheme does: is it puts everybody in a position to make a difference. I know this is an always an awkward conversation, but I see on BYU's official website you're down a few LBs, a few pounds on your official weight listing. Still around the same range, but just a few pounds. But I got to say, you, physically you look a little bit leaner, a little bit quicker first step. Is that fair to say? And was that a byproduct of the strength and conditioning and maybe the objectives in the weight room with the new strength staff? I would say not quite so much uh, there. More uh, honestly, more schematically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just what I'm, what I'm going to be able to do and how we're going about accomplishing certain things on the field doesn't, doesn't require me to be, you know, the weight of a D tackle, you know, quite that heavy. Um, we're going to have just, yeah, just roles are going to be a little bit different. And, uh, you know, for me, yeah, it was a great off season. I was able to, I was able to clean up a little bit and, uh, and yeah, shave off a few pounds, which is good. Um, you know, I, I don't mind that being able to move a little, a little quicker, being a little lighter. Uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I've enjoyed that. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, that's mostly just been part of, you know, uh, our schematics going into the season. As we start to wrap this up, it's been a great episode one thus far. Cannot wait for this entire season. Havoc is often brought up from BYU fans. They want to see you guys get to the quarterback last year. The percentage wasn't great, 12.9% for the defense, 67 for the front seven, and Havoc, for those listening, it's kind of a percentage of a plays where either a tackle for loss, a sack, pass deflection, stuff like that happens, key plays, 6.7% for the front seven. Is that number going to go up this year? A lot. Jay Hill's been pretty candid that this is going to be an aggressive scheme. He's not hiding from it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Everybody can watch football, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you can't yeah, go back and lie. yeah, exactly, You're see it on exactly, right? And uh, and you know, uh, Jay, you know, I mean, uh, you know, he's not like he hasn't coordinated defense or been a head coach. You know what I mean? And so, um, uh, yeah, and so I, I you know, it is going to be aggressive, and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and for me, it's going to be a lot of fun to play in, and that's why that's why I'm super stoked. Again. Like I said before, it's just going to put guys in in situations where, you know, a little bit more is going to be demanded of them. But in return, you're going to see an uptick in in big plays and just yeah, havoc in the backfield, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Sam Houston's got a toss up at quarterback. They don't know yet or haven't announced at least who they're going to start on Saturday night. Does that pose any challenges or factor at all for your role as a defensive end? No, that's you know that's definitely something we scout and we pay attention to. Um, you got to you got to know who you're going up against, right? So you got to know schematically, right? What more than likely what they're going to come out and do against you, um, and then also you got to know who's you know who's running the ball. Um, you know, 
it's it's different between Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady, right? It's, it's so you, you got to know you got to know who's in the backfield um, just just to prepare. And so uh, we do we do a pretty thorough, of course, uh, scouting of their their personnel. And and so um, it's going to be interesting uh, to see if they if they change things up on us or if uh, they come out with who we think they're going to come out with. Um, but uh, either way, it's going to be a fun game. 8-15 kick, we're going to see the game finally play out. Feels like it's been a long offseason. Cannot wait for some Cougar football to return. The Cougars and the Bearcats. It's an all-out cat fight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Let's see the Cougars kick off the Big 12 era this Saturday night. And there's still some tickets, fans. Go buy those tickets. Sell that thing out and see Tyler and this new revamped defense and the offense roll out against the Bearcats coming up on Saturday night. So, Tyler, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Mitch. Great stuff, as always, with Tyler Batty. Make sure to follow him on all the socials, Tyler underscore Batty on Instagram, Tyler underscore Batty 2 on Twitter, or excuse me, X. It's going to be a fun year for BYU, so we'll talk next week here on the Cougar Tracks podcast. And as always, it's powered by kslsports.com.